Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Spirit Alive Network Hello Tuesday with your host, Lester Carlin. Today, we're going to be discussing dispelling the spirit of fear. But before we get started, I'd like to open with a word of prayer and a song of praise. Holy Father, I thank you today, God, for your spirit that you place within us. I thank you for your word that you've given us, that we might not sin against you. God, I thank you for you giving us a desire to share in your ministry of reconciliation, where we win the world back to you, those souls that are lost, and we draw them into the kingdom and out of the world. Father, I thank you for your love that you have for us, and that you gave us your only begotten Son, so that we could have the power of your Holy Spirit within us, and we too could share in the work of reconciling the world back to you, bringing those lost souls back in relationship, back in their original intended place with you, so that it could be said that you dwell with man, and man dwells with you, always ordained. Thank you for this right now in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. And we are going to listen to a song of praise right now. Show me. 
worshiper out there that'll join me. Come on. Let him know that you're hungry for him. That you're longing for him. That you're thirsting for him. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, lift your voice and say, I need. I can't live without. Lord, I need you. Yeah, go right. Yeah, yeah. I need you to live right. To give right. I need you. I need you. To kind of glory. about the future, 
stand on the authority of the word God that says it doesn't matter what's going on in the world because the power within us allows us to transcend the circumstances that exist and allows us to love with a supernatural love and walk in a supernatural power. And I'm going to share tonight how we do this. But first scripture I'm going to look at is 2 Timothy 1.7, which is a scripture that you must hold dear to your heart, close to you, in your mind at all times. 2 Timothy 1.7, where it says, For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. This is important. The spirit that God gave us, his Holy Spirit in us, does not make us timid or fearful. It gives us power, love, and self-discipline. We are in possession of something that gives us control of the situation because no matter what's going on, we're able to enter into the secret place of the most high by speaking in tongues to ourselves, and turn into a place that no one can get. So if someone is screaming at you at the top of their lungs right in your face, you can just stand there, and you can speak in tongues to yourself and enter into the secret place of the Most High behind you, and God is before you. Jesus Christ is behind you, and God is before you, and you are in between them in that secret place of the Most High. Let's see what God's will is for us so we can get a feel for this. In 3 John chapter 2, it said, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. So God's intent for us is that we would prosper and that we would be healthy. So we know that God causes all things to work together for the good because we love him and because we are called according to his purpose. Whatever is going on, we need not be afraid of whatever is going on because God is using all of those things to work together for our good, for our purpose. For, our, for his his purpose, for our benefit, so that we can be effective in winning souls for the kingdom, and he can be glorified, diminish the size of the devil's kingdom by taking souls out of the world and drawing them into the kingdom of God. This is essential. This is important. It is absolutely necessary that we do this this way. If we are afraid, we are not going to be available to serve God. We are not going to be concerned about others. We're going to be concerned about ourselves. And this is the difference between serving God and serving ourselves. And we know that we need to be about the business of reconciling the world back to God by loving God first, loving ourselves next, 
loving place. It's a result of being able to love ourselves by loving God. This is a cycle. It is a pattern. It is absolutely essential that we get to that. And the reason it's essential is because it is that love of God that casts out fear. It is beginning to understand that as we comfort others, we too are comforted by the Holy Spirit. Remember when Jesus Christ was tempted in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights? Well, after he was tempted, that's when the devil came and started to tempt him. He tried three times. And three times he failed because Jesus Christ said, he is written. He knew what the word God said. And after Jesus Christ had completed this assignment and had caused the devil to flee for him by being able to recall the word of God, then the ministering angels gave him what he needed. He received food. He received sustenance. He received encouragement. What many of us seem to understand is there are going to be trials. There are going to be tests similar to the tests that our Lord endured. And if Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, endured tests, why should we believe that we are exempt from the same treatment? God says that we should glory in sharing in the suffering with Christ because we also will share in the glory of Christ. When you know that you're not suffering for no reason, see, there are a lot of people, they're suffering, but they're not suffering for a purpose. They're just suffering. When we are patiently enduring for the purpose of glorifying God, and we are going through like good soldiers, and there's a peace that comes on us because we are praying for others while we may be enduring our own affliction. And that takes our mind off of our own circumstance. But it also gives God much glory because God sees us actively engaging him and trusting in him. And it shows others that they too in their affliction can trust God also. And as we are ministering to them while we are going through, not while we are going through, then after we have fulfilled our job, as Jesus Christ fulfilled his mission at that time when he was casting tempted in the wilderness, and after he was tempted, he was ministered to by the ministering angels, and they brought him food. We, too, will be comforted. It says that we are comforted by the Holy Spirit as we comfort others. So we are to comfort others first. Our mindset should not be on our own well-being, but on the well-being of others, so that we are identifying those other parts of the body of Christ and building them up actively by ministering.
We are tempted to worry about our own health. We are tempted to worry about our own schedule, our own priorities. Okay. To be tempted is one thing, but to fall into sin and allowing any of those distractions to stop you from the work of God is sin. <laughs> so I just want to encourage you that if you ever believe you are becoming fearful, you are allowing doubt, worry, and fear to enter into your life, I want to encourage you to look to the needs of someone else. Look to the concerns of someone else. Look in your closet and see how many extra clothes and shoes and coats you have and give those to someone in need. I want you to look in your garage or your barn or your yard or your drive and see how many extra vehicles you have and give one to someone without a vehicle in your financial accounts and see how much disposable income you have available and find someone in need with no income and share with that brother or sister on Christ so that they may have what they need. Because as we love one another that we have, disappears. The trick to dispelling fear Look at that word, dispel. If you put a spell on someone, then they are affected. If you dispel something, you are undoing a spell. Fear is a spell. It comes from the devil, the result of not walking in love. So we must practice intentionally walking in love, knowing that what we are doing is removing the yoke and burden of fear from our life. Fear is referred to, is an acronym for fear, is false evidence appearing real. Things that the devil tries to make you believe are imminent, are not necessarily so. The devil can get you buy into his lie believe that he has more power than God, then he can cause you to be fearful, concerned about yourself instead of being concerned about others, and become unavailable for the work of the ministry, for the reconciling of the world back to God, and to your worldly agenda of self-preservation, which is not Bible is not Catholic. Pursuing your own agenda, which is not Catholic, and get you so far away from God's purpose for your life. You won't even remember what you were doing. Because you'll be so tied up in that word and fear, trying to make everything happen, serving money, pleasing people, leaning to your own understanding, operating out of your own limited strength, 
that you'll be completely tied up. And that's where the devil wants you to be, is tied up in doubt, worry, and fear. And having that result in unbelief. The unbelief is you actively undoing the purposes of God in your life. And God wants you to actively pursue his purposes in your life. But if you're going to actively pursue the purposes of God in your life, then you are going to have to actively undo the purposes of the devil in your life. And how we do that is by walking in love. So let's see what it says in detail about how we do that. In 1 John chapter 4, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God, and every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, where ye have heard that it should come. And even now, already is in the world. I'm going to stop here for a minute so that you can get the fullness of what is being said. It says, every spirit that says not that Jesus Christ come in the flesh is not of God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist. One of the major components of the spirit of the Antichrist is basically saying that Jesus Christ has not come into the world, has not paid for your sins, that you are lost and without hope. And we know that this is not true. But that same spirit of the Antichrist is the same spirit by being unloving to those that you are assessing according to the flesh. Instead of identifying your brother and sister in Christ as a brother and sister in Christ, you say they are different than me, they are of a different political group, they are of a different ethnicity, they are of a different sexual orientation. And because they are different, I am not obligated to love them. You're wrong. Not only are you wrong, you're inviting fear into your life because we are to love all men. We are to regard no man according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. And if they are identified, whether they are saved yet or not, it is our obligation to walk in love and bring them into the kingdom of God if they are not already in the kingdom of God. And if they are in the kingdom of God, we are to love them to right standing with God. We are to love them until they are restored so that we cannot also find ourselves in a situation where position is God by being lifted up, by being haughty. Let's see what it says in First John 4. It says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 
really want you to know and understand that because you need to understand that the power of the Holy Spirit within you is real. I did not sacrifice so greatly so that you would not have all that you need in order to meet each and every challenge. So he's letting you know you are God and you have already overcome those in the world because the Holy Spirit in you is greater than any devil spirit in them. You understand what God is saying? Verse 5 says, They are of the world, therefore they speak of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error, one another. For the love for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. See, if you are walking in love, you know God, and God knows you, because love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knows God. You are in intimate relationship with God. And that is evidenced by your love walk. Because he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. We need to remember and understand this. Because everything we do is hinged upon our active participation in the love of God. Verse 9. And this was manifested the love of God toward us. Because that God sent his only begotten son into the world, that we might live through him. See, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, his only begotten son, into the world so that we could live through him. And that's how God manifested. He took his only begotten son who was in his bosom from the beginning of time before anything was created, and whom he dwelt with for millions and millions and millions of years and possibly more. And for this brief period of time here, he was sent to dwell on earth, to be born of a virgin for 30 years, to enter into his ministry at the age of 30, and to fulfill that ministry over three years, and to then be crucified on a cross after being beat, and then be pierced in the thigh with a sword, and lose his life, and have his body laying in a tomb, in a stone tomb, for three days and three nights, before God raised him from the dead, seated him at his right hand and gave him all power in heaven and earth and under the earth so that he could send the Holy Spirit to dwell within us so that mankind could be one with God as we were originally created before and within. To know that you have the power of the Holy Spirit within you is important and that power is what enables you to walk in love, to love the unlovable so that we can effectively excel here. Look at what it says here in verse 10. It says, Herein is blood, 
love is what it says. Not that we love God, but God loved us and sent his son to be the payment for our sins. See, if you don't believe that Jesus Christ was sent to be the payment for your sins, that is the spirit of the Antichrist. As it said earlier in this chapter of 1 John 4, verse 11 says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. It's more not selfish. Love itself lacks. I'm so sorry I stand corrected. I made mistakes before. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Love is selfless. Love is kind. Um, look at what it says in verse 12. It says, No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. So we know that we love God. We have seen God. And then as we love one another, we know God dwells in us. And his love is perfected. Our love walk is perfected by developing that love walk, by practicing walking in love, by loving when it is not convenient when we are not having that love reciprocated. Verse 13, hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us, because he hath given us of his spirit. So we know that we dwell in him, he dwells in us, because he gave us his Holy Spirit to dwell within us. Verse 14, and we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. That is our testimony, that God sent his only begotten Son to be the payment for our sins, the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. It is that simple. Whosoever confess shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God. God dwells in him and he in God. Verse 16, and we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwells in God and God in him. So once again, this all comes back to love. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. And this is the verse I want to get to. The key. Verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Now, I want you to stop. I want you to think what you are most afraid of. I want you to think of the fear that may plague you at this very moment. And I want you to ask yourself, what is it that God is asking you to do right now to express his love for others, by caring for others in a way that is available for you to something for you to do, not something for you to say, not something for you to think about, not something for you to believe and theorize about, something for you to do that expresses the love of God 
in a way that touches someone else who is unable to return that love. Perfect love cast out fear because fear has torment. You think God wants you to be in torment? You're his child. See, that fear is not made perfect in love. You think God wants you to remain imperfect? If you do dwell in fear now, this is a temporary circumstance. Because right now, the word that you're hearing is transforming your life. It is molding your mindset. It is giving you something to do to actively reverse the condition of that word of fear that is plaguing your life and inviting stress, stress, sickness, and disease into a place where God wants to hold. Remember what we read earlier? In 3 John, 3 John 2, where it says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. God's desire for you is twofold, for you to prosper and be in health. But if you are in fear, fear has torment. Health doesn't come with that. Prosperity doesn't come with that. He that fears is not made perfect in love. So how are we made perfect in love? Verse 17, herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. As he is, so are we in this world. Perfect love casteth out fear. That is how we are perfected. And we have to understand that God has called us for this special time, for this special purpose, and the church must rise up and be the church and show the world what love looks like. Because love isn't the way that you respond to your family alone. So we learn the love in our family units. We learn the love in places we're familiar with, with people we're familiar with. That that is preparing us go out into the world and love people we are not familiar with, love people we are not related to, love people we are not necessarily accustomed to being around, love people who cannot necessarily reciprocate that love, love people who are not deserving of that love in many cases. God, God, has appointed you to show his light in the world, to shine as his light in the world, to be his hand and his eye and his ears and his mouthpiece to the world. So there is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. Because fear and torment, he that fears is not made perfect in love. We are made perfect in love by loving one another. So, verse 19, we love him because he first loved us. We love God because he sent his only begotten son to pay for our sins and so that we could be able to receive the Holy Spirit. Verse 20, if a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we to him, 
that he who loves God loves his brother also. I just want to encourage each and every one of you today to know and understand God wants you to be free. The only way for you to be free of the yoke and the burden of not worrying fear is to actively love others, to actively seek, to bless others with the overflow of your life. Others in the body of Christ and others that God is drawn to the body of Christ through your love, through your example. In the early church in Acts 2, they loved God, they loved each other in such a way that the church grew exponentially within a matter of, of weeks, 3,000, 5,000. It was amazing. That is the type of growth that's available to the church when we simply begin walking this thing out. It's not easy because it goes against our flesh. It goes against our rebellious nature. That's why God puts his spirit within us so that the power that we need to do what would otherwise be impossible is embedded within us. It is a part of who we are. It is a part of our new nature. So when people see you give a card to somebody, you might be impressed. You might be astounded by how many physical donations occur people in the body of Christ giving those extra cards to other believers. You should not be surprised by that. But I'll tell you what, when the church becomes the church, and we begin reaching out to people who are not like us, we begin sharing this word. It is available for them to be free, free of that worry and fear. And believe sickness and disease by becoming a part of the body of Christ and also walking in love and comforting others so that they who can be comforted instead of being pacified by worldly systems of serving money, pleasing people, clinging to their own understanding and walking in their own limited strength. We can make it available to Serve God, please God, trust God, and operate in absolute faith. I just want to encourage each and every one of you to walk in love and expect God to show you the absence of fear in your life and how you too can be free in all that you do. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this word that's brought forth. I thank you for you blessing your people, strengthen them, lead them, guide them, and protect them. Let them know how much you have sacrificed for them. Allow them to identify the opportunities for them to love others dynamically, intentionally, for the purpose of alleviating that worry and fear in their life and death, sickness, and disease. Thank you for this right now. In the name of your son, Jesus Christ, amen. And as always, 